Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. I'm, I'm Amy Keller. Today, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about nutrition and your immune system. And does it really matter what we eat in terms of our overall health and even in prevention of diseases such as COVID-19? We've been talking about immunity a little bit recently. As I've heard a lot about this in the news. There's a lot right. about, there's just a lot of, I think a lot of us are really under a lot of stress and it made me think about our immune system and kind of dispelling some of the myths that are out there about <sighs> nutrition is very important, but it's not the only piece, right? Right. I think, you know, when we think about our overall health, um, especially, and everybody is, of course, trying to avoid becoming ill with COVID-19 right now, or even as like we move into cold and flu season, you know, how many times have we heard, oh, if you can drink orange juice, you can prevent that cold. Right. Or if you, you know, take a zinc lozenge, you can prevent mm-hmm. that cold. Yeah. Or shorten the duration of it. But what's really true on that? And I think especially as we get into COVID, there are lots of um, websites out there will sell you some pretty expensive dietary supplements. Yes. <laughs> are they necessary? So I thought, you know, we want to talk about that piece of that puzzle. And, and I think I want to start today with a caveat. Nutrition, exercise, stress management, sleep are all just pieces of a puzzle that may help. I want to say prevent COVID because they're not going to prevent COVID. Right. But strengthen your overall health status. So hopefully... If you do get COVID, you recover more quickly, maybe you're less likely to become very ill. Right. Nutrition, exercise, sleep, and stress management do not replace your mask. Right. They do not replace social distancing. They do not replace hand washing. Correct. You you know, you can eat all the oranges in the world, but if you don't wash your hands or you don't wear your mask, you're still going to get sick, possibly. Right. Right. Yeah. So I get that. You know, I want to. I, I, as a dietitian, I love to believe food can do it all. Right. <laughs> but it's not true. It's not. it's not. It's not. And I think also I'm struck by how much we tend to focus on these little micronutrients that are part of our diet and right. put a big stress of how important those are when in reality, if you don't have a basic healthy understanding of what your body needs you you need to be meeting your calorie your protein you need to meet all the all these other things to make right. the vitamin c and the zinc and the other nutrients we're going to talk about do their job too right and we've talked a little bit about dietary supplements in the past but there are dietary supplements will never be able to replace everything that you find in an apple for example or in you know the vitamin C in cherries or whatever you the, if you take vitamin C supplements, you're never going to be able to replace all of those other things that are in those that produce or in that salmon or whatever by taking a dietary supplement. That, that being said, you know there's some interesting research about COVID-19 and vitamin D status, but again we have to remember that all of those studies are association studies. Mm-hmm. Right. And we'll get into vitamin D here in a bit, and whether maybe you should consider taking a supplement, or you know if that if there may not be that helpful to you. Right. 
Yeah, so I wanted to start with, I always like to do this at my, when I do presentations is ask my audience, do you know what the six different classifications of nutrients are that the body needs, right? Right. So our bodies actually have to have us consume these six classification of nutrients. And right. so what they are is we've got macronutrients and we've got micronutrients. The macronutrients are carbohydrates, protein, fat, and you could argue water, right? <laughs> and then you've got the micronutrients, which are your vitamins and minerals. So I think that takes us to six. Right. So, uh, you know, a lot of people don't think about water as a nutrient. Water is very important in the diet. We cannot survive without getting fluids. So we need to have fluids and, again, protein, carbs, and fat. They're all important. And each of those, when you look at a carbohydrate, a carbohydrate contains vitamins and minerals and water for the body and a little bit of protein generally speaking. Protein provides like amino acids, proteins, and then it has vitamins, minerals, and water as well. And fat to a varying degree. Right. Fat contains some vitamins and minerals as well. Mostly they're um, fat is necessary for those fat-soluble vitamins, but vitamin E, I think, is the one we can't really get in other foods that we eat unless we have some sort of fat source right. in our diet. And I know this sounds complicated, right. <laughs> but I want, I want to show how intertwined all of these nutrients are. So you also understand that it's not getting that source from one thing. You're, when you eat... Dairy, for example, you're getting carbs, you're getting protein, you could be getting a little fat, you're getting vitamins and minerals. Right. When you eat nuts, you're getting vitamin E, you're getting omega-3 fatty acids, you're getting magnesium, you know, mm -hmm. all kinds of things. Tra a um, lot of those trace minerals. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And again, this is what the beauty of food is. It's, it's made up of all the pieces and parts. You know, um, as opposed to a supplement, which is going to be one single nutrient that, for, you know, and again, if you're truly battling a deficiency or something like that, that's different. But right. for most people, a general varied diet is all that is necessary right. for adequate nutrition. Right. As dietitians who plan meals and we have, you know, we're planning meals in hospital settings and school settings. The things that we're looking at is that we're having a vitamin A source every other day. I think right. people don't realize that. You don't need to have a vitamin A source every day. So right. when we talk about that, we're talking about carrots or peaches or, you know, those types of things. They don't only have to be on the menu every other day to meet everybody's needs. So let's talk a little bit about that because that's something I think most people or many people think that they don't meet 100% of their RDAs of everything every day, that mm -hmm. suddenly they're going to develop a deficiency. And so let's talk a little bit about the time that it takes to develop vitamin and mineral deficiencies, to develop de deficiencies. It's not an everyday proposition where 
you know, if you suddenly didn't meet your vitamin C on Tuesday, by Wednesday, you are, your immune system is behind the eight ball. That is it's just not the case. Right, right. I mean, how did we discover vitamin C deficiencies? It right. was uh, sailors on really long trips across the ocean, and right. it took, what, months before you started to see a deficiency show up? I'm not even sure. It was longer than a day. Right, it was longer than a day. <laughs> right. So it is not necessary to feel like I have to supplement or, you know, oh gosh, if I missed my orange at breakfast, somehow right. I'm going to be vitamin C deficient. It's just right. not the case at all. Right. The other thing to remember is that the issue with dietary supplements is that too much of a good thing is a thing. So, and, and you can, it can be just as, you know, as safe as a, oh, I just am going to produce expensive urine, is what I like to say, right. <laughs> water-soluble vitamins, because your body can only absorb and, and utilize so much. But in the fat-soluble vitamins, that A, D, E, and K, you know, documented toxicities can occur right. if you're taking mega doses of something for a lengthy period of time. Right. Um, there's you know, are not cleared from the body quickly, and mm -hmm. toxicity can occur. And so, I've, I've seen that happen in uh, <laughs> a nursing home setting where they were trying to feed regular food through the tube feeding, and so they overdosed on uh, vitamin A, carotene, and mm -hmm. the person was turning orange. Like, right. the you know, so you can see the <laughs> toxicity happening, too. Right. So, you know, if you're choosing to take a multivitamin, I think that's okay. But realize that if you eat a varied diet, if you eat foods from the food groups, if you're not excluding a major food group like carbohydrates, if you're not excluding meat, you know, occasionally, uh, then it's you likely have a varied enough diet that you're going to meet all of your nutritional needs. Right. And therefore, support a healthy immune system, not, you know, boost your immune system, but mm -hmm. support a healthy immune system or support a healthy body. Exercise, diet, stress management, and sleep support that healthy body. It does not change your ability to avoid COVID. It right. just doesn't. Right. So let's talk about some of the research around vitamin D and COVID. This is okay. something I've been reading a lot about. The studies are interesting because they are association studies only. So what they're finding is that people who have a lower vitamin D status are more likely to have severe COVID. Mm -hmm. um, so a severe case that may require hospitalization. The people that have a low vitamin D status are more likely to have that. So this could mean a couple of things to me. I don't know, but when I read these articles about vitamin D, I think, Okay, if they have low vitamin D, what else is going on? Are they somebody who's inside a lot? Are they somebody, because we know sunshine helps make vitamin D in the body, right. are they somebody who doesn't exercise? Are they somebody who has chronic health conditions that keep them from living in the house? What else is playing into this low vitamin D status? Mm -hmm. Because is it cause and effect? That's what I'm, at this point, I'm not sure that the studies have, because we just don't have enough time. I mean, right. frankly, we've only been around for, you know, maybe, maybe a year. Right. Not, 
we just don't have enough information to say that if you take a vitamin D supplement, you can prevent severe COVID. Right. What we're seeing is we're seeing the back half of that information. We're seeing that people who have low vitamin D status are more likely to get severe COVID. But we do not know if right. one causes the other or if there's another factor right. in right. that could be causing we know that, for example, people with diabetes are more likely to have severe COVID. People who are overweight are more likely to have severe COVID or have hypertension. Could that be related to, again, or maybe a lack of exercise or chronic health conditions that again right. keep them living in the house that could be lowering their vitamin D status? Who knows? Yeah. So I'm not a big fan of telling people just blanket to take vitamin D, especially in a large amount. You know? Right. Yeah. If you are not able to get outside, yes, well, the weather is nice right now, but in six months it's not going to be. I mean, two months it's not going to be based right. on how cold it's gotten here. There's a possibility you could be vitamin D deficient, and, and a small dose of vitamin D may be more hurt you. Right. But what people don't want to do is start on, you know, 50,000 IU of vitamin D right. without speaking to their physician. Right. Always talking so to those things are for by prescription only, but still. Right. Right. Yeah, there's a little bit of, well, okay, what's the harm? Because if there is an association, we just don't know that much about it. Right. Um, maybe we do need to have a certain amount of vitamin D awareness right now. Also, let's look at the diet. So we can't. we right. know we can't do a lot with the diet with vitamin D, but there are some things that we can do. So vitamin D fortified milk, including that in your diet on a regular basis can be helpful. Eggs, tuna, salmon, yogurt, uh, those are all great sources of vitamin D that you could be including in your diet as well. So that might be something to focus on instead of a supplement. Spending a few minutes outside every day, um, getting some time. Again, I know that's going to get more difficult here with the change in the daylight saving time and mm-hmm. things like that, where it's going to be dark earlier and you make people who just are not able to get the sunshine that they need. But I would highly recommend that before you start any type of supplement that you get tested for vitamin D deficiency, it's, it's possible. What they're finding in studies that that there's not necessarily a benefit to taking supplementation if you already have normal vitamin D status. Right. If you have normal vitamin D status, you are not preventing more severe COVID by taking vitamin D. Right. You are, what we're, we're seeing the association is people with low vitamin, true vitamin D deficiency and they're developing more severe COVID. So for those of you know, those who are in the normal category, if they have their vitamin D levels drawn in the normal, there probably is no benefit to taking a supplement right. uh, at this time in terms of preventing um, any type of you know, any type of COVID. I think the thing about it is, is that many people are vitamin D deficient. Many people right. don't know. Right, right. So unless it's something that you're specifically having drawn by your family doctor every year, or, you know, you've gone to a lab and had it tested, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're severely deficient, you know, this is something that you're wanting that you want to work with your doctor on to get up to speed. Right, right. The other thing to remember is that vitamin D deficiency is super common in the elderly. 
And we know that because of maybe the way that they're living, either in congregate settings mm -hmm. where they don't get outside as much as we would like them to, mm -hmm. or folks that are just physically not able to get outside and get that, that sunshine, um, we know that it's super common in the elderly, and we know that the elderly are more likely to develop severe COVID. Just right, where that we're seeing the age really play a, a risk. Right, you know, anybody right. over the age of sixty-five really being at much more at risk for severe right. disease. Is that related to vitamin D? Not sure. Could just be related to over sixty-five. Exactly, you know? exactly. I mean, if you look at immunity over the lifespan. We know that when you're an infant, you're just kind of kind of developing your immune system. Once you right. get to an adolescent or a young adult, that's when generally you're at your optimal level of immunity. And we do know that as we age, we do see a decline in immunity. So, right. you know, exactly. Like, what is going on there? And, and uh, yeah. So it's just the correlation again, and it, and it, it's all that jump on the bandwagon. Let's get everybody a vitamin D supplement. No, let's. I, I'd recommend getting tested, see where you're at, and then decide whether or not a supplement's right for you. And but also let's talk about some of these other nutrients because there are a lot of nutrients that are play a role here. It's not just right. vitamin D. Right. There's so, been. You know Right, you know, healthy fats like omega-3 fatty acids mm -hmm. are you know, good for the body, good for the brain. Yep. Um, and again, you're more likely to get more health benefits from eating salmon than taking a fish oil supplement. Right. You know, you know even things that, have, you know, we know that hypertension is a risk factor for severe COVID. So what can you do to help your hypertension? Watch your salt, eat mm -hmm. more fruits and vegetables, yeah. eat more potassium, don't take potassium pills. But eat right. more potassium. So thinking about, instead of thinking about, I'm taking some magical bullet nutritional supplement that's going to help me prevent COVID, think about what am I doing in my other overall diet to help my other disease risk? So again, I think about hypertension. I think about diabetes. Is your blood sugar under good control? Is it not? Right. If it's not under control, you're more likely to get sick. Yeah. You know, so again, there's some things that we can do to maybe treat some of these other conditions that we do know play a role. Right. In our risk factors for COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just kind of review the, the, the nutrients that have been identified, the micronutrients that have been identified to help with immunity are, you know, the A, D, and E. Those are all fat-soluble vitamins. So that's right. why what you were mentioning about eating your fatty acid, you know, omega-3s and things like that. Uh, is helpful. And of course, vitamin C, we hear a lot about vitamin C. So, so we're hearing about vitamin C, which is interesting too, because I know that in some, I follow a couple of COVID dietitian groups online and you know, there is some experimentation with high dose vitamin C in like ICUs. Okay. Um, has been with COVID with patients who actually have COVID who are, you know, very sick and in intensive care. There is no reason at this point to take high-dose vitamin C outside the ICU. <laughs> you okay. Know, when you're doing high-dose vitamin C, it's via IV. It's not, you know, you um, taking a, hmm. a negative vitamin C from a pill bottle. Uh -huh. um, there's likely no benefit for that for the prevention of COVID. Gotcha. Um, or for colds, frankly. You know. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, 
if you're eating a varied diet with fruits and vegetables, generally on an everyday basis, you're going to get plenty of vitamins right. in your diet. Plenty. Yes. You don't need tons and tons and tons. It just doesn't work that way. Right. And we know, like, the foods that are high in vitamin C are your citrus fruits, grapefruits, oranges, tangerines, but also peppers, uh, right. broccoli, strawberries, kale, kiwi. Uh, right. And those are all good sources of vitamin C as well. Right. And it doesn't take a lot, you know, of vitamin C to your a lot of fruits and vegetables to, you know, meet your goal. For example, one grapefruit can meet 100% in your vitamin C for the day. Right. So, you know, and that's before you've eaten anything else. Right. So, you know, that's the, that's the crazy part to me. It, it, it doesn't take three oranges to meet your vitamin C needs. Right. One. <laughs> you right. know, lots of juice is going to do it. Right. You know, that's really all you need to do. Exactly. And then you've mentioned this earlier, but anything in excess of what your body needs in terms of vitamin C is going to go into your urine and get excreted into the toilet. So, you know, taking an extra supplement if you're drinking a glass of orange juice every day is just not necessary for vitamin C. Right. Right. The other thing I wanted to talk a little bit about today was superfoods because we hear a lot about superfoods. And I think the, the thing about superfoods is that it's a marketing term. Yep. It's a health term. I don't, when it's I not. sit down, I, think, <laughs> I don't talk about, you need to make sure you're eating blueberries because they're a superfood. Right. Yeah. I'm not prescribing how many superfoods somebody needs to eat in a day. <laughs> it's a food marketing term used by sandwich right. chains who want to advertise their avocado-based sandwiches. Right. You know, that, that's great. Avocados are very healthy food but they are not magical in any way, shape, or form. They're right. just a great source of healthy fats. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. um, they're, they, you could absolutely eat other foods and get the same benefits. Yeah. So there right. are no, from a dietitian perspective, superfoods. Right. No, Which could be good news for some of you listening that, you know, are like, I don't like avocados, so I don't eat avocado, you know, or blueberries. Like, you know, right. it's okay. <laughs> it, right. So much pressure. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, our immune systems are are tightly regulated. They are, they, you know, they they're, do a pretty good job of taking care of itself. You know, our yes. immune system does. Again, you know, an overactive immune system is not what you want either, you know. Right. Um, so that can lead to allergies and autoimmune conditions. So, you know, a strong immune system is what we want that respond rapidly, mm-hmm. you know, when an infection hits. But just eating a general healthy, varied diet is all you need. It's not necessary to, gosh, I didn't get my serving of blueberries in today, so oh, right. over here it comes. Yeah. That's not, not the case at all. Right. Yep. So if you want to eat blueberries, great. If you want to eat, you know, citrus fruits, great. If you, you know, you can mix up your diet. Yeah. And that's really probably the best for the, the diet, the body anyway, in terms of eating various colors of fruits and vegetables too, because they all play different roles. Yeah. Yep. Okay. What about, what do, what do you think about the role of exercise in the immune system? I think it's very important. It's interesting. So I think exercise does a couple of things for me personally, I know it, it can help reduce stress. It gives me something right. to think about. And and we do know that when you exercise, you're releasing those 
endorphins, those happy hormones, you know, that can improve your mood. Uh, For me, I think the added benefit also is routine exercise helps me sleep better. And when you sleep better, that is another part of that whole equation for your immune system as well. So I think uh, exercise is very important for two different, you know, for a couple of different reasons. Um, I also think, again, we think about those those conditions that can lead to severe COVID, hypertension, diabetes. Mm-hmm. Exercise is cheap medication for diabetes. Right. Now, and, and let me just kind of say, too, I, I think sometimes when people think and hear exercise, they get this idea in their mind that it's high intensity, uh, super hard, super, you know, you got to get your heart rate super high. That's not what I recommend generally on, if you think about perceived exertion as scale of zero to 10, you want to be between a four and an eight. It doesn't have to be uh, super intense. Just a nice walk, brisk walk is great. Um, right. So don't feel like, and, and especially now, one of the things you can do to help prevent uh getting exposed to the virus to begin with is probably not going to enclosed places and fitness classes with a bunch of other people. Uh, Fitness classes with a bunch of other people outside, go for it. You know, that's probably much better. But keep that social distancing like we mentioned before. That's so important also. You don't want to exercise at the expense of putting yourself at risk for the disease. Right. Remember, when people are hopping and hopping, you know, indoor activities, they're expelling virus if they have it, right? You know, and we don't know how many people are asymptomatic. I mean, I've seen, you know, possibly up to forty-five percent of people don't have symptoms or are pre-symptomatic, right? And you know, you could be exercising next to somebody thinking you're doing great for your body, and realizing not realizing you're exercising next to somebody who's contagious, right? Um, and putting yeah. yourself at unnecessary risk. So, yeah. you know, a brisk walk is a great thing. It gets sunshine, which helps you make more vitamin right? D, which, yeah, I mean, there's just so many benefits to it. Yeah, especially For outdoor me. exercise. I'm prepared this year. I, I am prepared to continue my walking outside no matter what the temperature. So, yep. And that's something <laughs> that I think you, you might see, you've seen this with clients, I do all the time where, well, the weather's bad, and so right. I'm going to be inside for the winter. I'm going to sort of hibernate until, you know, March or April. Yeah. It just, I feel like there's, you, maybe you don't want to head out in an ice storm, of course. Because no. You don't fall. We don't want you to slip and fall. <laughs> right. But if it's, you know, 45 degrees and sunny, get out there. Yeah. You know, put on a sweatshirt and go. Yeah. You know, um, we bought stuff to this, uh, this today for biking this winter because I'm like, we can bike until the roads are prohibitive. Right, you know, right. We can absolutely bike until it's icy and snowy. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with that because, again, I want to get out and enjoy sunshine, enjoy days that mm-hmm. where the, the roads aren't bad. So Certainly. this this was yep. a long time ago, but we lived in an apartment building, and a couple moved in across the hall from us with a little, little six-month-old son, and they were from Finland. They were in America for a year uh, for his job. Uh, he, I think he was an architect. And she, the mom came with the baby, and they would just, they would walk no matter what. Ev- I mean, no matter what the weather, even snowy, whatever, she would take that baby out every day in the weather right. 
no matter how cold it was. And to them, you know, Ohio, we're not that cold compared to right. Finland and where they came from in Helsinki. So, um, right. you know, so I think it's all a perspective, too, that we can kind of work our Meant, I think if we can start preparing now mentally to be ready to be outside, no matter what the weather, if possible, this winter, then I think we should. Right. You're not going to catch a cold by going out yeah. in, in snow. You're not. You're not. You're not. You know, that, that's a, such a big myth. I mean, you're going to catch your death of cold out there. No, you're not. Unless yeah. you're, you know, walking just an inch to somebody who's actively coughing on you. Right. <laughs> being outside you're just not and it's not going to lower your immune system by being outside in the cold right you know um so that's just it's not the case at all so again start thinking ahead like you said we bought stuff today knowing it's going to be some chilly bikes coming ahead for Mm -hmm. us Um, so start thinking about what is my plan for exercise this winter you know short of a vaccine being available we're going to have to figure out ways to keep ourselves healthy this winter Mm -hmm. we're going to be applied more so figuring out ways to keep active, right? you know, and mm-hmm. if, again, if the weather is really bad, if it is icy or snowy and you're not comfortable going outside, finding something that you can do indoors, mm-hmm. um, that keep your heart pumping and keeping yourself active. And like you said, it affects your sleep, yeah. which I think, you know, absolutely. If you're sleep deprived, you can, you know, end up running yourself down. Right. But again, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to catch a cold mm-hmm. or catch COVID because you're not getting enough sleep. Yeah. You know, it does not replace those other things. That do. Right. So I think it's so important that exercise helps with the sleep. It also, and, and give yourself some time. I, you know, until I was a routine exerciser and I was exercising for, I think it took about six weeks till I thought, oh, wow, I'm really sleeping better here. You know what I mean? So it does take a little bit of time. Don't give up after a week, you know, and it, you know, but just try to be a little routine out of it. And I think you'll find you'll sleep a lot better. And the other thing, it might also help with all the stress. We are so stressed right now. I think no matter yep. what we are, we're, we are all, we know, <laughs> I just feel the stress of people. I appreciate the people that are out there every day masking up to work, to be around other people. I can't, I was in a position where I was also working every day, and I know you are, Amy, um, and having to mask up every day. And I don't think I realized how stressful that was until yeah. I was in a situation where now I don't have to do that, which is nice. But I still, you know, it's just, it's very stressful for those of us who have to be out in it. So find a way to release your stress. Exercise, doing some meditation, doing some yoga. Exercise, like I said, kind of does double duty because it's going to help us with the stress, but it's also going to help us sleep a little bit better too. Right. I think stress management is such a big thing right now. I think that's mm-hmm. just mental health too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, September is suicide prevention month. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you're struggling, please say something because you're not the only one, first of all, struggling. No. Yeah. And you're not different and you're not broken. You know, making sure that you're checking in with people. Mm-hmm. If you're really struggling or having you know, thoughts, please yeah. seek help. Um, Check on your neighbors and. Yeah. Right. Have some serious conversations with people. Right. I think there's an impression that people don't have is 
people have it way worse than me, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's and that's everybody's handling it differently. Yeah. And uh, I think that it's important to make sure that exercise is a big part of mental health, but it also isn't mental health. Right. Right. Exercise does not replace counseling if you need it. It does not replace medication right. if you need it. And um, I a big part of it, but it doesn't replace those things. Right. And I think there's a lot of us out there too who are starting to struggle with even feeling like we have enough food around to feed our families. And we're struggling with that too. And that more and more people as we go through this and as our economy continues to be a problem, we're going to continue to have that issue. And that's why I think it's so important to listen to what we were saying today. It's not about having a supplement. It's not, it's a, relax about your diet a little bit because it's not being perfect every day. It doesn't require you to have superfoods. Just eat a balanced diet. And when you do that and you have those components, those little vitamins and minerals sneak in there in, in foods that you might not even suspect. And so you see, I see so many lists these days of different foods that you should consume to get your different vitamins and minerals that are important in your immunity. We don't need the added stress of that. Just eat the foods that you enjoy eating. Make sure, try to, try to get balanced, try to get those fruits and vegetables in there. But yeah, it doesn't have to be a certain fruit or vegetable. Well, and you know, cans are fine. Right. Canned, frozen. Canned peaches have more vitamin C than fresh peaches, so yeah, get it. You know, <laughs> yep. canned peaches are much cheaper; they are less less waste. Right. So, do not feel like if cans are what is in your budget right now, that somehow you are undoing health benefits. You are not. Nope. Nope. You're much better to eat the canned green beans than not eat green beans. Period. Exactly. Exactly. You are yep. much better, and, and, and this goes for organic as well. You are much better right. with fruits and vegetables than to worry about any organic label. Right. Um, it doesn't, it really, frankly, doesn't matter. Right. Um, it's a marketing yeah. term, too. <laughs> in, in good times, you know, if you have the extra money and you want to plunk it down on organic strawberries, I guess that's your prerogative to do that. Right. But if you are struggling to pay your bills, eat the regular strawberries. Right. You know? Frankly, they're not really in season right now, so eat the frozen. Yeah, yeah. They are. So, yeah. True. Well, I think it's been a good wrap-up of, of, you know, just that balance and, again, not letting food become another source of stress, too. Right, yeah. Yes. Well, we thank you for joining us today. And we invite you to give us your show ideas. If you have more questions about some of the things that we talked about today, please feel free to drop us a line at dish at secretliferd.com. You can visit us on Instagram at the Secret Life Dietitians. You can visit us on Twitter at @tdietitians. And we look forward to seeing you next time wherever you get your podcasts.